guys, and good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by Charles Etman of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Good morning to uh, everyone, at least in the Central Standard Time. Uh, a couple of uh, quick announcements slash adjustments. I'm going to have to reschedule Coach Eric Dooling. Uh, for for next week or another time. Hopefully, it'll be uh, next week. Uh, last week, was not able to have a show. It is a long story. All I'm going to say is, if you have fiber optic, that's a great thing. But hey, AT&T, when you're putting in the neighbor's fiber optic, don't cut. Don't cut my line by accident. And then cause me not to have a show. I think I'll send a nice letter, a very nice one, explaining how I feel about the situation. So, Coach Doolin, I apologize. We're going to have to reschedule. Also, two weeks ago, uh, in in my announcement, I had I was talking about Dr. Kiki uh, Barber, and I mentioned it as that, as such. It's Dr. Kiki Barber Barnes. I apologize for that. When you make a mistake, you have to own it, Charles. And so I wanted to give her the proper uh, name. So Dr. Kiki Barbara Barnes. With that being said, the guest menu looks like this. Of course, you can see Charles Edmund. We'll uh, hear from him shortly. Uh, Larry Harold Jr. is scheduled to join us, a former Southern University Offensive Lineman, kind of a where are they now segment. So he'll be the first that we'll talk about in this segment forthcoming. Coach Van Petaway is scheduled to join us, and then Brandon B.J. Jones. Charles, good morning to you via Arkansas Pine Bluff. How are you doing, sir? I'm trying to stay dry. Good morning. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been waterlogged here over the last uh, I would say 12 hours or so. We were able to get yesterday's doubleheader in, but uh, there was question marks about today, and it still is. I've got my phone here waiting for our baseball coach to send a text with an update. Right now, we're scheduled to play at three o'clock. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. It's been raining off and on here the last three hours. Thunder. Uh, heavy downpours. Don't know if we're going to get this one in today. Uh, they don't have lights here at the Tory Hunter uh, soft, uh, softball and baseball complex. It's a softball and baseball complex paid for by former MLB uh, player Tory Hunter. There are no lights, so you have to you have to factor that in. You hope that the rain stops, then you got to get water off the turf, water off the field. You got to let it dry, and um, with no lights and all that. Uh, you know, it, it makes the timeline a little more accelerated. So we don't know if uh, we'll play today. Possibly we could play tomorrow, but if we don't play today, my best guess is we might make it a four-game series at Alcorn when they come to our place. So that's that's on the table. But, uh, hey, the Braves got a win yesterday, and uh, hopefully the build on it either today or tomorrow whenever, you know, we play again. But uh, it was a good win. It was a good day. Um, it didn't start off good. We lost 23-2. to two. But then we came back and won thirteen to ten and went long ball three times. So that that was a good that's a good sign that we could score some runs, uh, despite the fact that you know our roster is is, is not as deep. But uh, the fight was there, the passion was there, the energy was there, 
at least for the second game, and we hope we can build on it whenever we play again. Well, you can only get better. That's what I say about all Corn State baseball. We know the challenges that they've had and the issues. And I said a couple of weeks ago, two years from now, it, it may be a different story. Uh, all Corn baseball will be, uh, you know, they'll look at this time now and think, wow, what a long, it's been a long, long time, but we're, we're much better. But um, we'll have some more uh, baseball updates uh, later on in the show guest menu looks like this we told you about that of course uh charles edmund larry harrow jr coach van petaway and brandon bj jones uh, some news and notes rodney milborn to be part of the inaugural collegiate athlete hall of fame you know rodney milborn uh passed away a uh, time ago but um he performed in the olympics was a great student athlete at Southern University. So he'll be in the inaugural uh, Collegiate Athlete Hall of Fame. Also, Vernetta Skeet, named head women's basketball coach at Texas Southern. And uh, looking at her, her bio, I mean, she was social head coach at Texas A&M, uh, Illinois. Um, on paper, it fits what you're looking at. So she is now the new women's basketball coach at Texas Southern. And then last, Tony uh, Matlock, head basketball coach at Alabama State. Now for uh, the men's basketball program, uh, former head men's basketball coach at South Carolina State, Charles. So Alabama State moves quickly. Texas Southern uh, has a new women's basketball coach. And boy, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, what, What are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, Vernetsky uh, played her college basketball at Alcorn. And I remember Skeet oh. really, really well. Yes. Um, a, really a dynamo of a guard. Um, and I sent her a, a, I sent her a message, a congratulatory message the other day, you know, because I remember her during her playing days under uh, Shirley Walker. Uh, so I do remember her uh, as a player. So congratulations to her. Looking at her resume, she clearly has moved up the ladder. Um, so I think, you know, she's given that opportunity. You know, I know there was some talk out there in, in social media land that, uh, uh, you know, Jackson State's head coach, you know, Coach Coach Reed, you know, should have the opportunity considering what she's done. But that obviously didn't happen. Texas Southern obviously looked a little bit closer to home. So congratulations to Skeet. She deserves the opportunity, and I think she will do well there. The talent is there. Uh, the talent pool is there, and I think she'll do well. Um, and then, you know, for – for Alabama State, you know, Dr. Cable told me that they were going to slow roll this hire. They weren't going to have a knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction to what was going on uh, around the conference. And, you know, Mo Williams, you know, resigned one day, and then three days later he's hired at Jackson State. You know, they were going to slow roll it, and they did. And so you you get a coach with, you know, HBCU pedigree in, in South Carolina State. Uh, so I think it was, it's a good hire. It's a solid hire, and I think, you know, it's got some work to do there. But I do think that, you know, Dr. Cable – Knowing him uh, as an administrator here at Alcorn with the SWAC conference and now Alabama State, he likes to slow roll it really, really well. And I think he's going to give um, him plenty of time to build that Alabama State basketball program. I think the potential's there. You got a great showpiece in the Reed Academy. And I think the talent base is there in that region, the uh, Alabama, Georgia region, and throughout you know the SWAC territory. So I think you know he'll hit the ground running. 
And I do think he'll he'll improve that basketball program. And I think that's what you're looking for, you know, right now there. Would there, uh, will there be a, a grace period, a honeymoon period? Is that realistic to even uh, think about that? I, I think it'll, it'll just take some time because every time I'm looking, you're looking at this transfer portal. Basically every school has been, had to deal with this. And so I know it is easy to say you expect this to happen so quickly, but I, I think you, you got to have a, a, a grace period. Well, hopefully they'll be able to come in and, and get things done. But I think the pressure now is, is, is to win and win quickly. And with the transfer portal, that is basically a blessing for some, or let me say, put it this way. It could be a blessing and a curse. And so hopefully he'll, he'll get some time to, 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 to both, both coaches to come in and, and implement their, their philosophies and what they would like to do and, and give, give it some time to, to get the program uh, where they want it to be. Well, I think at Texas Southern, I do think there's a little bit more pressure just because of the success that they've had as a women's basketball program. Um, I, I think there's a little bit more, I mean, even though we know this is Skeet's first crack at this thing, I do think that there's a little bit more pressure to keep Texas Southern in the top tier of the league. I think you can make that safe statement because that's where they've been in the top tier, top three, four, five program. So I do think there's a little bit more pressure, but I do think, you know, Kevin Granger, the AD and the administration there will give her a little bit, uh, give her some time. I think for Bama State, I think it's going to be a little bit more time. I mean, just look at the program over the last couple of years. You know, you had Lewis Jackson, longtime coach there, really struggled the last few years. Then Mo Williams didn't last a long time. He was there a couple of years. And now you've got a coach there that has to pick up those pieces. So I, I do think that for Bama State, I think gradual improvement is what Dr. Cable is looking for. Not to, I mean, you, of course you want to win a championship. We've seen lightning in a bottle with Landon Bussey in, in two years. But I do think at Bama State's a little bit different situation, you know, coming over from the MEAC and just trying to build those relationships. I do think that there's a little bit more time at Bama State than it is Texas Southern. In my opinion, you know, don't, I just, just knowing Dr. Cable the way I do and how he likes to, you know, slow roll things a little bit, he understands it's a process. And I do think, in three years, if the program is mid-level, top four, top three, top five, I do think that that's, that's success and you can kind of build on that. Well, hopefully it'll be um, a quick, quick journey uh, for, for both coaches. And when you look on the women's side, of course, Jackson State is the number one program in the conference. So uh, that's going to be a tough situation. On the men's side, I think it's more of a chance where you have an opportunity. But, again, they're going to have to uh, give some time, give the coaches some time to be able to uh, get things done. Um, Once again, Coach Dooley, we had to reschedule. But um, spring, spring football across the landscape of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Of course, uh, I was able to attend Southern University's Springs scrimmage. And one of the things, I guess the most comments are about who's going to be the quarterback. 
Coach Dula said he knows who the starter is going to be coming out of the spring, but he's not going to share that with uh, the media and, and Southern folks. But Bashawn McCray uh, basically had his best practice slash outing in the spring game last Saturday. Now, uh, <laughs> McDaniels, he he basically was with with the with with the second unit, and he stayed there. If I can put it in those terms, uh, McCray with the first unit, he was able to get some things done. And, and what he does, he he brings an athleticism to that position. Um, I, I'll, I'll pull it up. He, he threw for over two hundred yards, had a hundred yards rushing. Uh, McCray completed 17 of 26 passes for 231 yards. And here's a quote from Coach Dooley. It took him 15 practices to do the things to show the reasons why I recruited him. And we expected that. We know it takes time. I have to remind myself we've only been practicing for 10 days, 11 days. It ain't going to happen that fast. But what this offense does, in just my humble opinion, it utilizes every part of the field. Running backs are involved in, in, in the passing game. You got three starters back on the offensive line. And then they're looking to add depth on both offensive lines and defensive line. Help is on the way. They've got uh, players, student athletes coming in in, in the summer. Uh, special teams. I think that's going to get corrected. I, I was told now from a source that the regular long snapper or the snapper wasn't the guy there. And I, and I was told, I don't know how true this is, but Ethan Howard was uh, snapping in the spring game. So that kind of would uh, justify why you saw some struggles in that point. But I'm sure uh, Coach Graves is going to get that corrected. But Charles, Sean McCray, junior college from Hines Community College, came in and had his, his, his best spring game. I think it is his job to lose. And, Charles, I, I see the look on your face. I know you're a Bubba McDaniels fan, but it has been really competitive. And uh, we'll, we'll see. But I think, I think Sean McCray um, solidified that number one spot coming out of the spring. Well, when Coach Dooley said he's not ready to say, I think he just said it. I think he just said who's starting quarterback going to be. I think it's, it'll be easy for him to say, you know, Bubba McDaniels, he's been here. He's he's a veteran presence, and that's what I want at this point in time, a little bit veteran presence that's been there, done that. But by him not saying that, I think he did say he was going to be a starter. It's either two things. Either, either he's going to look in the portal and find a guy and get a guy ready come summer and fall, or it's going to be McCray. Because it would very, it would be very easy for him to say McDaniel's, and I think people, some people might be comfortable with it because of the fact that he's been there. But he didn't say that, so I, I think he pretty much tipped his hand. To me, might be wrong about that, but you know, and, and I've, I've even all, yes, I am a McDaniel fan. Yes, I am, uh, because I mm -hmm. think what I've seen from him, especially in the Alcorn game, his ability to use his feet could push the ball down the field. Uh, but I do think with a change in administration, a new coach, I think. Coach is going to go with the guys for the most part that they're comfortable with. Not saying he's uncomfortable with McDaniel, 
but I almost go out on a limb and say he's already kind of determined who his starting quarterback is going to be. He just won't say, but I think he did say. And so we'll we'll see as time develops once you get in the fall camp, because it does change in the fall. You don't have as much time in the spring, weather and other factors, but in the fall, you got to make a decision. And I do think he already has made a decision, but he's not ready to say. To me, I do think it is McCray Carlos, in my opinion, from two and a half hours away from Southern's campus. I do think it is McCray, but I, you know, I'm just a McDaniel fan, and you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Well, it it is going to be interesting to see how everything develops. Um, Defensive line, you know, getting added depth and the teams were put into gold and blue and, and, and some of the potential starters, I'll put it that way, uh, were on the blue team, but, uh, 33, the third team, the gold team defeated the blue team. And, um, it was interesting coach Dooley and the staff, they put the spring game on like a, like a regular, uh, football game, which we'll see in in, in the fall. But uh, offensively, you always know where Dooley's at. He's the offensive coordinator. I think defense, Coach Miller and, and that staff on the defensive side, I think they'll get that straightened out. They have some pieces to add that, that that's coming in. And one thing I will say about this defense, they're very aggressive. Trey Lang, Jordan Lewis coming off on the ends. Uh, Davis at linebacker, Derek Williams. They got some help coming in. I, I just like that they're aggressive. And they're going to get after people. And when you have an offense as explosive as Coach Dude's offense potentially is going to be, and I say potentially, but we can look at his track record, then the defense, as he stated, they want to force turnovers. They want to be aggressive because they want to get the ball back uh, uh, to the offense. Now, two guys that stood out to me that a lot of people are not talking about. Kendrick Rhymes, uh, he wore number six, I believe, in the gold jersey. Uh, Juco guy, oh, he runs he runs hard. You had Dylan, you had Sims, again, involved in, in the offense. And then um, Braylon Morgan, he wore number 30 in the blue. I just like the kid, tough, locally from Catholic High School in Baton Rouge. And then they still have weapons that are, that are coming in. So it's going to be a lot of pressure, I know, to, to win. But uh, from that standpoint in the spring game, uh, special teams, they're going to work on that. Defense, they want to add some depth. Offensively, they want to still add some pieces. And I like what Coach Dooley said, when you add in the running backs and the tight ends, this this offense, they're going to put up points. They really are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at when you look at Southern University defensively, and just going back to last year, maybe we shouldn't refer, you know, we shouldn't reference that because because we have a whole new administration. But clearly, you know, Dooley's track record in terms of what he's able to do offensively, you can't question that. It is about though, and we saw this when he was at Prairie View. He could score as many points as he wants to score. But then can you get off the field defensively? And I think that's going to be, you know, be questioned for Southern University. If they're as aggressive as what what's being, you know, touted out there, and if they can create turnovers and take away opportunities, 
and I do think that that will be a, a that will be a good thing for them. For for me, I'm not quite as much worried about the defense as I am about trying to see how this offense is going to be acclimated with a new coach and a new system. That's always the thing for me. And I you know I love defense, but I'm an offensive guy. I love you know you, you look at my team, the Rams. They can score as many points as they want to score, even though the defense can give up quite a bit. Aaron Donald on the field. I just like a lot of offense, and I'm I'm anxious to see with McRae and or McDaniel and or the C quarterback, can they pick up those pieces and score the football? Because we've seen that teams can score. You see what Jackson State was able to do, score the football. Um, So that's what I'm looking at, to see the acclimation. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a period of adjustment. There's going to be acclimation. There's going to be some struggles. Clearly, that's got to be the case when you have a first-year you know, first year system. So that that's kind of what I'm looking at. But if the defense can get off the field some, I think for Southern fans, I think that's a win because you go back to the Bayou Classic last year, they could not get off the field in the final four minutes of the game. You saw what happened. I think it'll be a little bit different this year. But uh, I, I think for me, offensively, how long will it take for the quarterbacks to acclimate? That's that's what I'm looking at. Well, that's an interesting comment. I really, just based on the spring, not with all the pieces in, and I know you're going against, uh, you know, the other part of your team, but I, I think offensively they, they, they're going to be fine. Bubba McDaniel, uh, for the record, 12 of 22 for 222 yards. Um, he had scoring passes of 40 yards to Kobe Hartman, 56 yards to Isaiah Taylor, junior college transfer, uh, both in the second half. Southern's third quarterback, Harold Blood, who definitely looks the part, was 6 of 10 for 46 yards. Dooley says he isn't worried about the defense, which looks somewhat inconsistent and is still under man. That's why I said earlier, they have some tremendous pieces that's coming in, and they'll, they'll have an opportunity to, to put it together. But offensively, I, I, I really, I, I don't, feel that they're going to have a problem at all. It, once again, defensively, when you have offense that explosive, you want a defense to be a great – and look, I've seen the last five or six years uh, defensively stopping the run, uh, you know, sit back, read, and then react. I just kind of like what I saw Saturday. I know it's 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 not uh, totally 100% of what you're going to see but you know you got you got to get after people and you got to be aggressive and if you force turnovers you give the offense the ball back to your offense then you then you're looking at a, a short field and then you can score special teams defense offense in that in that order uh, but hey we'll we'll see what happens we're gonna take a timeout when I come back I'm scheduled to talk to uh, a former Southern University athlete we'll see if we'll able to get it when we come back it'll be more of the Coles brown show on the black college sports network this is ryan fulford ad drew and i are co-hosts of the bcsn sports wrap we talk about all things related to hbcu athletics from the games teams coaches and fan interest stories we cover it all you can find our shows on facebook at bcsn sports wrap YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download 
We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. quality and satisfying and flavorful taste experience the world in one cup with earth blend coffee oh that spin class was brutal well you can try using the buick's massaging seat oh yeah that's nice can i use apple carplay to put some music on sure it's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. This week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports 
Network. Charles, just like in a ball game, sometimes you have to make adjustments. We're going to have to make adjustments on this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. We were scheduled to talk with uh, Larry Harrell Jr., former offensive lineman for Southern University, and we still may be able to get him on. If not, we'll we'll reschedule. As you saw coming back into the show, I believe that looked like Jackson State's band. Was that not Charles, or did you were you able to, uh, <laughs> to put your eyes yeah, on? I, I couldn't tell. I, I thought it was Southern's band, to be honest. Well, I, I, the angle in the stadium. I'm sure it was a busy oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, band, yeah. but uh, before you know it, it'll be a SWAC football media day in Birmingham uh, in July. And then before you know it, it'll be fall camp. Then it'll be the start of uh, the, the season. Uh, back to Southern's uh, spring game, uh, the goal team success could be uh, attributed to the number one offensive line operating in front of quarterback Bashawn McCray, who we both on this show believe that uh, unless something else happens, I think it's his job to uh, lose. And Coach Dooley knows, and he's not going to tell. And if uh, if he was able to come on today as originally scheduled, I was going to ask, although I know the answer was going to be, I'm not telling you, Carlos, but hey, <laughs> anyway, uh, but Senator uh, Dallas Black, uh, Jeremiah Stafford, and Brian Williams, uh, returning lineman, O lineman, and then transfer Bryce McNair at left tackle and holdover uh, Bernard Childs at right guard. Now, uh, Sims, he rushed for 100 yards on 12 carries. He ripped off gains of 19, 30, and 21 yards, and then catching a 23 yard scoring pass. But another coach Dula says Sims really, really exploded today. You think he's not that home run hitter, but he does everything well. Okay, so you think he's a big back and he won't be effective catching the football, but every time you look up, he's catching a pass and making a big play out of it. Tremendous weapons. I I, I mentioned um, Kobe Dillon, also um, the Ju- Juco running back Kendrick Rhymes, and also. Braylon Morgan, I, I thought they they just looked good. With with that, all that being saying, going into the fall camps, and if Coach Dooley was on, I would have asked him now what was the uh, the pattern now going forward after spring, summer condition, and, and into uh, fall camp. So hey, not only did Southern have a spring game, Charles, uh, fam, you, uh, Alcorn State. How about the Braves? What what is their situation after the spring? Well, I think it's kind of the same Southern University in a sense of the quarterback. You know, right now um, we, we don't know at this point in time uh, who will be the starting quarterback come September fifth against Stephen F. Austin. I don't think anything like that was even determined. And I, we'll have a Fred McNair show on Monday night, and uh, just like you mentioned, you were going to ask Coach Dooley who was going to be the starter. I'm going to ask Coach McNair the same thing. I'm going to ask him who stood out. Can we name a starter at this point? Kind of already know what that's going to be like because I do think um, that he's trying to slow roll it a little bit. And there's some anxious moments if you're a Braves fan. For the first time in, what, five years, you don't know mm-hmm. who the starting quarterback is going to be. And that that's the foundation for everything. You know, in the past, it's been a Felix Harper on standby. It's been a Noah Johnson. It's been a Lenore Footman. It's been a John Gibbs. 
now you don't know. And so I think that's that's going to be um, the big question. I think in the backfield, you got Nico Duffy coming back. He had a solid spring. But I think the talk more so of this spring game was our defense. We had four picks. You got a first-year coordinator in Cedric Thomas, who's back at Alcorn as the second stint as a defensive coordinator. And for him to come back, you know, kind of on the back end of, of things, kind of, I wouldn't say late, but he is kind of late in terms of his, his situation and, and hire, and he brought in a whole new defensive staff. Um, so for for the defense to, to be as aggressive and come up with turnovers, I think that's a really, really good sign for the defense. Um, on the back end of the defense, I think we're going to be really strong with the K. Ron Kinsler and, and company, and I think the offensive line, uh, held up in the spring. So I think the Braves do have the pieces, but I think that for the first time, you know, we're, we're the, we're the hunters, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to get it down on the Western side where there's a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position. But I, I think Fred McNair has been really, really um, aggressive in spring practice, really getting after it, just keeping guys focused. It's not this laid back Fred McNair. I think this is a Fred McNair that really wants to get back what he lost, which was a division championship. So I think you're going to see a lot of good things for the Braves. A tough schedule, as we've talked about, Stephen F. Austin, McNeese. Um, you got Tulane on the schedule. It's not going to be an easy schedule. I like it personally because I think you're playing all kinds of competition at all levels, but it's not going to be easy, and you got to get it going right off the gate because Stephen F. Austin is no joke. So I think you've got to get these pieces. You've got to be able to work it in the summer. And I, I do think by maybe the second week in fall camp, we'll know where our starting quarterback's going to be. You got the kid from La Tech. You got Trey Lawrence. And so there's some, you know, there's some decisions to be made there, but they're not ready to make those decisions right now. And I kind of expect that. We'll know officially on Monday what Coach McNair's position is. But right now, I think that's the biggest question mark. Who will be under center come September 5th against Stephen F. Austin? And right now that's TBT to be determined. Yeah, Charles, I don't think he will answer you, <laughs> even if he knows. But hey, you're right. You you've got to uh, ask the question. And and looking at that all corn schedule, those first three games, is it fair to say, or this could be just an opinion? They could be a better team, but that schedule is awfully tough. Tough to start off. The record may not indicate it. They may be a better team. But, boy, Stephen F. Austin, Tulane, and McNeese, that's a tough way to start off the season. And if it doesn't go the way maybe some Alcorn alum think it should go, will they uh, get down on, on the season if they don't get off to a good start early on? Um, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, if you're of an it's always a that, conference. It, yes, it always is the conference. I think that's part of the reason. You know, I think, you know, for us, we want to get off to a good start in terms of just ironing out the kinks, as they say. Um, you know, it, it would be nice to start off at conference. Like Willie Simmons says, hey, I don't mind starting off with a conference game. And they do with Jackson State because you know right off the bat you got to come ready to go. But I think for most coaches – they want to kind of play their way into the conference schedule. So, yes, it's not going to be easy. Tulane is no joke. I mean, they're not Alabama, but you have to look at their, their pretty respectable FBS opponent. Um, Stephen F. has always been near the top of the FCS landscape. 
And, you know, McNeese has always been, you know, pretty solid on, on that FCS level. So, no, it, it's not going to be easy. But I think you'll get a chance to see where you are right off the bat. And if you can play well, be competitive, and stay injury-free in those first three weeks, you feel good about it the first three weeks then, I think you're off and running in conference. But, you, but, you know, football's a funny game. Injuries happen. Stuff happens. You never know. Let's hope it doesn't happen. And But, you know, with a new quarterback, you're working into the system. Um, you know, with Elliot Radney, offensive coordinator, and Coach uh, Phillips, who's going to be working more with the offense this year. Um, Coach Radney will be working a lot with the quarterback. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that's going to develop. But I, I do think that, you know, the first few weeks of the season, we'll know, we'll kind of have a good idea of where this Braves team is. Let's just hope we stay above water and stay healthy. But I like the schedule, to be honest, and I do think it's not going to be easy. But did you expect it to be easy? I mean, it works both ways. If you have a cupcake of a schedule easy and then a cupcake of an easy schedule at the start and then you get in the conference and get the doors blown off, then you're going to say, well, you had too easy of a schedule to start. But then if you have too tough of a schedule to start and then you struggle and then don't get it done in conference, then you're going to say, well, it was too tough of a schedule to start. So I, I think we're playing the best of both FCS, FBS, and I do think we have an opportunity to get some things done against some quality competition. We got to come ready to play. And with McNeese State, hey, a new new head coach, a new staff. So it may be the right time in, 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 that you can go down to, to Lake Charles because the last time uh, Alcorn went to McNeese, shut them out in the second half and, and played, them, played them real close. So it'll be a, a, an excellent opportunity. Uh, for uh, all corn state uh, appreciate everyone who's watching good morning to you if you're in the eastern standard time it's good afternoon uh avis heath he says let's go franchise uh rube hogan says the countdown has begun to take over mumford east charles you know what that means that's a, a direct <laughs> shot shot at jackson state uh jarvis is laughing Good morning, Carlos and Charles from Michael Cavalier, Sean Derek Perkins, Theo Quist Major, and Chad Cooper is watching. So you kind of love this time of the year, although it's not football yet, but you still have baseball going on, Charles. Uh, you're wrapping up basketball. And, and, and with the baseball uh, race, I, I know I've kind of been keeping a close eye, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll pull up. Uh, the information, but uh, FAMU basically uh, very high on, on the diamond. They swept Bethune-Cookman. Alabama State still playing uh, tough. Southern University got on a hot streak, and they were at the top of the Western Division standards. Then a weekend series with Prairie View was supposed to be at Lee Hinesville in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they moved the game, uh, the games to Prairie View, and then boy, they got torched in Game One, twelve to four. So now, you, depending on what Grambling State did, you're looking at at a tie in the Western Division. So uh, baseball, it, it's in the heat of it. Uh, Alabama State, FAMU, Bethune Cookman in 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 the East, and you can't sleep on anybody. Then the Western Division. Uh, Southern University, Grambling, and Prairie View, and and you still you have to watch for Texas Southern. So and uh, baseball, Charles, it, it, I think it's going to go down to 
to the to the end of the conference season. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. I think that you know just because of the fact that base the baseball tournament this year is later than it's normally been. Usually, the mid part of May is when the baseball tournament takes place, but the baseball tournament doesn't take place until towards the end of May because you've got you've got the two teams that come into the conference in Bethune and FAMU and Alcorn moving to the West. So there's still a little bit, there's about five weeks left in the season. And so I think there's still a lot of time for some things to get worked out. Uh, Jackson State's playing a little bit better right now. Um, the Braves are playing a little bit better, even though not winning games, I think, just to play on the field. But I think the West is good. Just I'm not surprised at all. I mean, Grambling's swinging a really good stick. They're scoring a ton of runs um, over there. So I think on the Western side, you know, Texas Southern, you know, I was on the TSU bandwagon early, remember, after they played Alcorn in that first series. But then they've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. And, yeah, I jumped on their bandwagon a little bit too early. I'll admit that. So I, I think the West is the, the West is going to be the West. I mean, I think um, I think it's the battle to make that four seed is going to be tough, and I think the battle to uh, make the tournament. I think it could come down to Grambling, Prairie View, Southern. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a terrific race, top four there on the western side. In the East, I think you know you look at the surprise team, Mississippi Valley. You know, Valley much improved. I mean, they're 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 winning some some games here, which you could pretty much write them off at this point. You can't at this point with first year coach a, a new program there. So I I think you know SWAC baseball will start to generate some steam here in the next few weeks, and I think once you get into the tournament in Birmingham towards the end of May, it's going to be anybody's race, like it always is. I don't think anything has changed, even though you've added two new teams. I think the uncertainty of who's going to win. You can't just say so and so is going to win the tournament. Everybody thought Jackson State last year, 24-0 in the division, you know, played their worst baseball last game and a half of the tournament, and they didn't get to the finish line. That just shows you how uncertain SWAC baseball is, you know, to the detriment of some, but to the excitement of, of many fans. And I think that's what makes SWAC baseball uh, really interesting and intriguing to me. Well, and a couple of weeks ago, I was on the Bethune-Cookman uh, bandwagon, and then they're still a tough team. But what FAMU was able to do and go go in there, and and, and they've been playing tremendous baseball. Charles, I'm gonna be honest with you. Right now, April 16th, yeah, you don't know how the rest of this conference race is gonna go. But in the tournament, I will say this: it's gonna be exciting. And whoever gets on the hot streak for that what week, and then. You know, in basketball, we look at the last 10 games going into the tournament, who's playing the best, who's playing well. I think you'll look at that situation in baseball. I think it's still up in the air. That tournament should be very, very exciting. And the rest of the uh, conference race. Well, I'm going to make a prediction right now about the tournament. I think this is going to be the highest scoring swag baseball tournament we've ever seen. Based on the Mm. pitching that I'm looking at, I think right now, you're going to look at a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of high-scoring games. So if you love offense, if you love to see baseball team score runs, I'll make this prediction right now. I think it's going to be a lot of teams scoring a lot of runs. Because once you get even halfway deep into a team's pitching, I just don't think it's there. I think, and not saying it's bad, but I just think just the lack of depth on the pitching side of it is going to catch up with a lot of teams. So you're going to have to score a lot of runs because you're going to be giving up a lot of runs. And I think you're going to see that in, in this tournament. Might be wrong about that, but just 
based on the high-scoring games that we have seen in the regular season, I think it's going to be even more so in the tournament. Well, I pulled up the standings. And in the East, Alabama State, 11-2 and at conference. They're on a five-game winning streak. Alabama State is hot. Uh, FAMU, uh, they lost one to uh, Jackson State, but they're 10-4. and Bethune-Cookman, 9-6. and six. Although they're on a two-game winning streak, that those three losses to uh, FAMU really uh, took some of the steam out of them. Uh, Mississippi Valley State, 3-10. and 10, Alabama a and 3-11. Now, Prairie View and them, according to SWAT.org, 10-4. Uh, Grammar State, 9-5. Southern 95, this is the conference. Texas Southern 77, Pine Bluff 4 and 10, Alcorn State 3 and 12. Prairie View AM on a three game winning streak. Grammar State on a one game winning streak. I'm going to double check that, but according to swag.org, uh, Prairie View is leading the West 10 and 4. Charles, we're going to take a timeout. When I come back, let's see if we can. Fine, Coach Petaway. He's scheduled to join us next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching say Make this for my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching say Motivation. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Yeah. 
music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. That was the sonic boom of the South there. <laughs> uh, but, but but because I cover the Southwestern Athletic Conference, that is fine. We need to get all the bands involved on the show. Welcome back uh, to hour number two of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, let me say, say this before I uh, visit with Coach Petaway, and we appreciate his time. Uh, the swag standings that I gave to you, disregard them. I'm going to have to go back at them and give you the correct information. That That's not right. And um, thanks to a, a, a listener and a watcher of the show, Ralph, he informed me that it's not correct. So I'll come back with the correct standings before the show is out. Coach Petaway, good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon, Carlos. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, uh, last week, <clears throat> didn't have a show. Uh, boy, I, I talked about an hour number one, and I uh, informed you last week what was the deal. But uh, somebody's going to adjust my bill. That's all That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Federway, technology is a good thing, but sometimes it can uh, throw you a curve and, and – the human element is still prevalent. Snap yeah. my line without, without repercussions. We shall see about that. Coach, the last time we talked to you, we had some predictions. I hadn't forgot about it. Uh, what in the hell did I thought? What did I think about picking Villanova to win it, the NCAA <laughs> basketball tournament? And Charles, I was wrong. I, I was wrong, but uh, Kansas gets it done. I think your prediction was wasn't uh, right either. Or I think Coach Pettaway. Nope. I think both you guys had Duke, huh? Yep. Right. Yeah. We, we, we were. I went with the sentimental favorite. I wanted Coach K to go out on top, but uh, it wasn't. You know, it, that was not in the cards. Well, his long coaching career is over with, and I guess he'll. Uh, you know, retire. Maybe, maybe he'll he'll contact you, Coach Petaway, and you can reminisce about uh, today's game going forward. Because, man, Coach, the transfer portal. And I I I was told that uh, Sadler for Southern University is in the transfer portal. Uh, hadn't been right. able to confirm this, yeah, that just yet, but yeah, this is the ugly side of that portal. You got 
so many kids and, and what they need to look at. And if I was, you know, still in the game now, I would let them look at what happened last year. You know, they were still, after the, everything was all said and done, they were still close to 400 kids that did not find a home after they got in the, in the portal. So it's not mm -hmm. a sure thing when you join that portal. So uh, that's one of the things that if I was coaching now, I would put out in front of my kids to let them know, you know, a lot of times the grass is, you think the grass is green on the other side, but you might not be able to make that trip to the other side. So you better stay with what you got. You already have a sure thing where you are. Uh, so that's one of the things that I, I will put out there to those young athletes. Well, coach, true opinion, true perspective. Now, with Alabama A&M, get your thoughts on that. Um, it means basketball coach, the timetable now. Is it getting closer to an announcement? Right. I, I think that we're going to make an announcement on Monday. Uh, they, you know, they're still finishing up the interview pro, interviewing process. And uh, right now the, the, the timetable is set for them to name a, a coach on Monday, which will, you know, still give that coach an opportunity with the signing date starting this past Wednesday. That coach will have an opportunity to uh, – uh, still bring in some players because right now you got six or seven kids from Alabama A&M in the portal. So his first job wow. is to convince those kids that, to re, to remain on campus or stay at Alabama A&M because if he was were to do that, he'd have a great nucleus coming back. I mean, Jalen Johnson, everybody's looking at him as being a senior next year, but you got to remember he still has this COVID year. So you could really have him for two more seasons uh, along with Garrett Hicks and along with Tucker because all those guys came in together. So the the future looks bright. Uh, if we can get, get that coach named on, on Monday, that should give him ample time to uh, to get some to additional players in there. And if we can pull this off, this will probably be the quickest uh, search that I've seen uh, since they hired me. Interesting. Um want to get your thoughts as we move on. We're still going to be, you know, talking about basketball coaches. Um, Burnett Skeets, named head women's basketball coach at Texas Southern. Uh, get your thoughts on that hire, and do you know her uh, from the coaching profession? No, I, I do not. I, I do not know her personally, uh, but I guarantee you Texas Southern has vetted her. I guarantee you Texas Southern feels comfortable with their hire. And, uh, you know, they got a lot. She's going to have the resources that she needs at Texas Southern now because they do have uh, – uh, they have established a model in the SWAC for both men and women's basketball. And I think that uh, if she can put her good staff together, I think she'll probably be successful at Texas Southern. Charles, what do you think uh... – Director of Athletics, Intercollegiate Athletics, uh, Mr. Granger at Texas Southern, played collegiately uh, basketball. Is that an advantage when you have a director of athletics that's a basketball guy? And because Texas Southern basketball, their brand, they've won. Is it a help to have a, a AD that that's a basketball guy. Absolutely. I mean, Kevin Granger played at Texas Southern, one of the best backcourt players Texas Southern has ever seen. 
And so he, he knows what it looks like. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it tastes like. So he understands that. And so I, I do think uh, Texas Southern went through the process. Someone that's uh, very familiar with the state of Texas. I do think that, uh, you know, Skeet, Burnett Skeet has done a, a nice job of building a portfolio. And so I think she's hungry and ready for that opportunity. You know, was it a surprise to a lot of people? Yeah, because you heard through through Grapevine, maybe Tamika Reed at Jackson State was ready to take that opportunity. You know, her name was vetted out there for several days. Yeah, her really? name, her name was vetted. You know, yeah, yeah. Ralph Cooper, you know, you know Ralph Cooper, one of the great talk show hosts in Houston, mentioned her name, you know, as, as you know, it's time, you know, to make that transition. But it didn't happen, obviously. Um, but I, I do think, you know, Burnett Skeet, I, of course, I knew her when she was a player at Alcorn. I, and I've looked at her resume. I didn't know what her resume was until the other day. And I think she is ready for the opportunity. I do think it's going to come with a little pressure because Texas Southern women's basketball has been top three, top four. And they, the expectation is they're going to have to continue that. So, I, But I do think, you know, giving uh, Burnett Skeet the opportunity to, to build it her way, I think the players are there. The facilities are there. The fan base is there. And I do think, you know, you get all that behind you. Texas Southern women's basketball is a great place to be. And I, and I do think if she gets out of the gate strong, I think she'll be fine. And it's yeah, Charles, man. I'm just like you. I, I think anytime you can get a, uh, an athletic director who has been a coach, who's been through the struggle, they understand what the coaches go through and what they need. And, and I think it gives them that personal touch, that personal feeling for that program. Uh, and, and then the, the only difference that's happening now in the SWAC, you know, years ago when we first got into SWAC, the a athletic directors were primary football coaches. And and, mm. and and now that that thing is turned over to where uh, a lot of the ADs in the league are basketball coaches, now you're seeing the rise of, of uh, basketball in the SWAC. And I, I think it's a good thing when you can have a uh, an athletic director who has been in the struggle. I think that really helps. Case in point, point, guys. Case in point, Ashley Robinson, AD at Jackson State, yeah. former basketball right, player. Um, Kevin Granger, athletic director, former basketball player. Roman Banks, Banks. former basketball coach. So you you are you are seeing the, that trend. So when it comes to their their sport, they understand what it looks like, and so I, I think that's a I think that's a really good deal. And I think I think Texas Southern kind of took their time with it. I mean, I think Coach Cooper made that announcement fairly quickly that she was retiring. So I think she gave, you know, Texas Southern an opportunity to kind of get get after it right away. And they did that. And I thought they made a really good hire. And yeah. also, Dr. Cable, basketball guy. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. And then even well, though Rick Theus didn't play in the SWAT, you know, he's basketball, uh, yeah. basketball player and, and a coach also. So as the athletic director at Bethune-Cookman. So it's a, I think it's a win-win. It's a win-win, and, and I'm not going to put any pressure on them just because they're director of athletics and they have a basketball background. But guess what, Coach? We all will be looking at uh, the rise of, of the basketball programs. Now, Tony Madlock, head men's basketball coach now at Alabama State, arch rival of Alabama and m comes from South Carolina State. Get your thoughts on, on, on that hire, Coach. I think we may have lost Coach. But Charles, that, 
you know, coming from South Carolina State, um, just an opportunity. And, and I don't know if you would consider that a lateral move, but what we just talked about with swag basketball and, it, and it's on the rise, this is a great opportunity uh, for Coach Madlock. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dr. Cable, again, former basketball player at Alcorn, was an assistant men's coach at Alcorn. So he knows, and him and I have had a lot of conversations about, you know, his basketball philosophy in terms of scheduling. If he were, if, if he were a head coach or how he would schedule, if he were an AD, this was before he got all that, you know, what his philosophy is. So again, I think he's, he's chomping at the bit waiting for this opportunity uh, to, to be able to hire his first uh, men's basketball coach. So I do think that uh, Dr. Cable, along with the Bama State Board, I think they they, they did a lot of vetting there. Uh, to, and I think I, I do think it's a little bit better situation with Bama State because the facilities. I mean, the Academe is still a heck of a facility. I mean, it's yep. they they keep that thing up. And I think that uh, the Montgomery uh, Birmingham pipeline is there. The Georgia pipeline. You're only 170 miles from Atlanta. I think you know he comes in there uses some of his MEAC connections, bring him over to, to Montgomery, along with the state, along with Birmingham, along with Atlanta. I think it's enough players where he can build that program. And I think if you look at the program now, I mean, you have nowhere, to, kind of nowhere to go but up because it has been down the last couple of years, unfortunately. I mean, Mo Williams did the best he could with it. But just to be honest, the program, you know, need a little bit of a boost. And I think that's, I think it's a good situation to walk into I don't think it's as much pressure. I think in three years, if the program's mid-level, top four, top five, I think I think it's mission accomplished in terms of the program stability. We'll see, but that's just that's the way I look at it. Right, hey, 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 and Carlos, you, I know. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. you jinxed us saying that it, uh, you know that I got in real good, but it went out on me. But I think your question <laughs> is about Tony Matlock at, at Alabama yeah. State. Now I know him personally, and uh, I, I mm-hmm. knew him from his time with. Andy Kennedy, he's been in a couple of places, Ole Miss, UAB. He's been in a couple of places with Andy Kennedy. And the big thing is his recruiting base is in the South. So I think that's going to help. That's going to help him at Alabama State. He did a nice job up there first year at at South Carolina State. So I think uh, him coming to the SWAC is going to be a big win for Jason Capel for his first uh, basketball hire. And uh, we, we're just looking forward to the competition. I think it's going to be a a, a a good year in the SWAC. You got these new coaches that I'm, I'm guaranteeing these veteran coaches, they're going to try to indoctrinate them the right way. They're going to welcome them to the SWAC the right way. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited about it. I, I, I like the hire, and I'm looking forward to the hire that that, uh, that we come up with at, at Alabama A&M. You know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, your rivals, you're going to have two new head men's basketball coach. Yep. Coach, talk to us about the state of Alabama. I know about Louisiana, uh, uh, an unknown opinion. It's known as a football state, Alabama as, as football as well. But basketball-wise, a lot of talent in Louisiana. And I'm, and I'm thinking there's a lot of talent in, in Alabama, correct, Coach? Yes, we, we uh, yes we've uh, the basketball high school basketball in the state of Alabama has really grown, and that is that has helped the programs in Alabama. You got to think about it now. We had what four or five teams that were in the big dance from the state of Alabama, so you can see that 
the basketball talent in the state has really progressed and grown. And uh, I look forward to both coaches, both new coaches, being able to tap into that pool of high school and junior college players in this state. And also, if, if they got the juice to get in that transfer portal and get some people. I think the quick fix is going to be through that transfer portal. Uh, I really feel sorry for a lot of the high school players because most coaches are going for the quick fix, especially in the SWAC when you look at what, what Alcorn did and, and what Texas Southern did in terms of that portal. You know, we're in a copycat league, so a lot of the, a lot of the programs are going to try to do the same thing to get that quick fix like these programs did in terms of establishing a veteran team so they can win right away. And, well, and Carlos guys, here, Carlos and Coach, here's, here's something else. I posted something on Facebook the other day. Roughly 2,100 players and counting in D1 and D2 basketball transfer portal. 2,100 players in that portal and counting. That's, That's a many. whole heck of a lot. Right. And it's too and many. a lot I of agree. them would not find a home. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I've, I've still been talking to, you know, parents who have, uh, you know, student athletes that are looking for scholarships and they're telling me how, you know, the landscape has changed as far as trying to, to get them. They, they've been asking me about Division two, Division three, NAIA. Coach, I just told them if, if that's where it, it ends up taking your student, your kids, hey, you have to go for it. You, right. You if really you get do. your education paid for, it doesn't matter what level you're playing on. The, the, the primary goal is to get an education. So if, right. if that place is offering scholarship money where they don't have to come out of their pocket, you need to be happy and glad in it and 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 get it done because the, 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 the degree is the most important thing of all these athletes going off to college. They got to have that it. They is- got to get it. That is correct. And, and guys, something historic happened. It hadn't happened in a long time. A young lady at Jackson State, coach. Yep. She got drafted. Got drafted. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for her, Coach Reed and, and the staff. And still, the number one women's basketball program in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, for Jack to stay. Talk about the significance of that. I, I think she can use that as a recruiting tool. She can go to these young into these homes and say, well, see, it doesn't matter where you go to school. If you can come up and put up the numbers, you can still get drafted in the WNBA. And she's got a prime example of that. So to me now, during this recruiting cycle, she needs to use that to the max. She needs to do that, wow. to uh, use that to help her in these homes. And I think that's a great accomplishment. That makes the swag look good. And we will get some more of those top-notch players because they'll say if if, if Miss Holiday Williams can do it, so can I. And, and Miss Williams, going to the WNBA, uh, how's, her, how's her game is, is going to change or if it's going to change and how will she uh, 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 develop in the WNBA, in, in your opinion? I think she'll. I think she'll make the adjustment. Now, one thing that, that's going to happen to her, and I think we saw that a little bit, a little bit of that in that early in the game against LSU. In the SWAC, she's not used to seeing people her size every every game. So, uh, you know, most of the people that she played against in the SWAC, uh, she was able to overpower them. 
she she's gonna have her power game, but she's gonna have to develop a counter move and be more and have another more finesse to her game. But I think she'll be successful because she got what all coaches are looking for. She's got a heart and a motor. And I think Drive. that's gonna help her translate well to the WNBA. And you know, I, I think even from off off the court, I think, you know, she'll uh, pay a lot of attention with nutrition and training, you know, and, and all that, because, you know, you look at it, she's a, 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 a tall person, but I, I really believe she'll be able to get it, get it done. It's all about making adjustments. Now she's to the next level. And um, I, I wish her the best and um, everybody's pulling for her to, uh, to succeed. Yeah, oh, for, yes. for me, I mean, I'm I'm happy not only for her, I'm happy for Jackson State, and more importantly, I'm happy for the conference. I mean, to get a player drafted, I mean, you know, we've yeah. talked about that with football. I mean, the NFL draft is coming up. We'll see if that provides some dividends as well. But, you know, to, to have Amisha Williams Holiday get drafted, I mean, she was dominant at Jackson State. There was no question about it. It started and stopped with her, and not only that, they got pieces around her to make her job a little bit easier. Uh, so I, I am just so happy for everybody involved that she got drafted. Now we'll see if she can get it done at the next level. That's that's where I'm at right now. But clearly, she deserved to be drafted. I thought she was terrific in this league, dominant, and now can she do that at the next level? I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I, I think everybody. It's going to be behind her. And, and Jackson State, Coach Reed and that staff, they've already got some height and some talent already in. Um, hey, everyone else, their job is to be competitive and try to close that gap. Coach Petaway, speaking of closing the gap, have you seen any of the, the play-in games for the NBA? A lot of excitement. Kind of get your thoughts right, on that. And right. as we get into games today, Right, your your Miami Heat gotta gotta come with it because they 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 get ready to play against Atlanta, and uh, you know right now Trey Young, Trey Young is finding that thing up from everywhere. He's shooting from the locker room. <laughs> uh, he he's playing he's playing real well. So Miami's got to be on their p's and q's. Uh, this is gonna be exciting playoffs. I think Dallas has been dealt a bad blow, a a terrible blow. If they if they don't have Luca on the floor, they're not going anywhere. Uh, if Golden State does not have uh, Curry 100%, mm -hmm. they're not going anywhere. So, you know, between your Miami Heat, they're probably going to have a battle in the East because Philadelphia, they're looking real well. Uh, you can never tell about no. about the Nets. But I think in the out West, I, I'm going to bank on Phoenix Suns right now. I think Phoenix is going to be the team that, that's going to surprise – well, they're not going to surprise anybody because they had the best – best record in the league, but I think they're going to be playing well. If they stay healthy, I can see Phoenix representing the West, and on the East side, it's going to be a toss-up. Those teams are so close, I think it's going to be a toss-up in the East. I'm going to be honest with you, Coach Pettaway and Charles. I, I love my Heat, you know, and, and I notice no one is really talking about them. They may be considered one of the uh, – well, I won't say weakest number ones in recent history because they, they got the number one. But I, I'm going to say Milwaukee is still the team to, to beat. And I would not be surprised if it's a rematch 
of the NBA Finals. I, I'm hoping my my Miami Heat are able to to, to, to come out of there, but man, it, it, my heart says Miami, but my mind says watch out for the Bucks, the Milwaukee yep. Bucks, and and a lot of the prognosticators they are crowning the Nets. And I don't think the Nets defensively can. They're just not there yet. And then, you know, Coach Perry, he talked about injuries. Capella went down um, yep. last night. Then Williams from Boston. But no one's really talking about Boston in the heat. Um, Boston defensive range number one in, in the NBA. So we, we shall see, Charles. What do, you, what do you think? And don't talk about the Lakers, Charles, their history. Uh, yeah, I have absolutely nothing to say. I have no – because my because my dog is here to hunt. The sorry Lakers, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's about as good as I can get. I mean, I, I'm wow. this is a family show, Carlos. This is yep. a family show, and so I'm being very nice, talking about the fact that the Lakers are not in it, and all the drama and all the mess that's going on behind the scenes with that Laker organization. And so, uh, that being said, uh, you know, I, I, I really like Phoenix. You know, I, I like Monty. Yep. I'm a Monty Williams fan. You know, you got Devin Booker, you got Chris Paul. I mean, just if you if you know Monty Williams' story, he lost his wife and was out of the game, and just for him to come back and you know he's very very respectful of the game and the players. Just I just like Monty Williams and the way he's built that built that team. So I'm I'm a big Phoenix fan. Um, I'm always a fan of the defending champion until they're no longer the champion. You know, no one, not a lot of people talk about Milwaukee. And didn't they win the championship last year? No one's really talking about them. Why? I don't know. Everybody's talking about the Nets. Everybody's talking about the Nets because of KD and Kyrie and all the drama, the James Harden mess and all that. I, I get that. And they're playing in the world's largest media market and all that. I get that. I get that. And hey, Kyrie has looked terrific of late. The Nets have looked really, really good when Kyrie is focused and locked in and ready to go. And healthy, I think the Nets are a tough team, but I'm 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 still a big Giannis fan. I'm going with the defending champs in, in, in Milwaukee because of the fact no one's talking about them. Everyone's talking about uh, Brooklyn. I'm fine with that. You know, if, if if you're a big fan of defending champs, I think Giannis will say, "Hey, talk about Kyrie and KD all you want, but who hoisted that trophy last year? We did. So hey, overlook us if you want. But I I, I still think in the East, I still like Milwaukee. Um, I think Miami, you know, with, with, with Jimmy Buckets, eh, I, I think a lot of things have to go right. They're the number one seed, but I'm not convinced they're going to get all the way there. Um, I, I do like a rematch of last year with Milwaukee um, and, and Phoenix. Um, even though I tell you what, the Pelicans, my goodness, the Pelicans started with three and 16. Yep. They're only the fourth team in the NBA to start that poorly and make the playoffs. Man, that's, I mean, I think what Coach Green, that speech he had going into the fourth quarter was legendary stuff, you know, in terms of encouraging mm-hmm. his team in that fourth quarter. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a great playoff run, but I'm going with the two teams that I ran it last year in the East, Milwaukee, and the West, Phoenix. That's just, you know, I don't think Curry's going to be 100%. And as Coach Petaway said, if he's not 100%, I can see him getting out of round one, but round two, I don't, I don't know if he's not 100%. So, I'm, I'm going with Phoenix and Milwaukee. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Coach Petaway, I wouldn't be surprised if for the Eastern Crown, it's Milwaukee and Miami and Milwaukee uh, uh, winning it. And, and speaking of the Pelicans, yeah, Coach Green, 
probably a, a, as great of a job since Mo Williams, not Mo Williams, uh, Williams Monty. was the head coach, Monty, excuse me, Monty, that was at, at, at the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. And then Zion Williams. Coach, if you could talk with him, what are you telling him? I mean, it, 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 in one hand, it, it seems like maybe his days are numbered in New Orleans, or he doesn't want to be there. His conditioning, it's people still joking about it. A very talented person. Is it something else that's going on maybe that we don't know about? And, and Coach, don't say the good food in New Orleans, because you were there <laughs> recently, and I didn't see you go nuts. Right. Well, I think what has to happen, somebody's got to reach him. He's got to invest in a nutritionist and a trainer and be serious about it. If he wants to, if he wants an NBA career, those two things are a must for him. Uh, he's got to take care of his body. He's got to re reduce some of that stress on his lower extremities. And uh, the only way he's going to do that is through a nutritionist and a trainer. And then we can see the guy that was drafted at the top of the draft. That That's the only way he's going to survive in this league, whether it's at New Orleans or another team. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. think the location is going to be the difference. I, I think the change of a mindset is what's going to keep him in, in the league. He's got to change the mindset. He's got to change the people that are around him because somebody's not advising him right, or he's not, well, he's probably getting the right advice. He's not listening to them. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a, a tremendous talent. You just want to see him be the best that he can be. And, um, uh, I agree with you, Coach, a nutritionist and a trainer. And I also say the same thing with uh, <laughs> Anthony Davis. Um, he he just can't stay stay healthy. You know, that, that that's the bottom line with, with, with that. And then also, Vogel, he gets fired. And I'm listening to the prognosticators talking about it, it wasn't his fault. It was management it was. with the bad decisions that they made, and now you're hearing rumors about who's going to be the next coach. I, usually I would say who wants, who would want to come into such a mess, but there's always some. I'm hearing Mark Jackson. You, you, you're hearing, um, oh, God, the, the head coach. Uh, I'm having a middle-aged moment for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Carl Jason who, Kidd. Jason, Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd. Yeah, he's there now. Who wants to come <laughs> Who will want to come in that mess when management has made some bad decisions and then you have a player's input that is very special in the decision-making? What do you think, now, Coach? Yeah, that's going to be a tough job because LeBron LeBron is, is trying to be the player and the GM, and that and that's not working out. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, with all his greatness, I don't think he's been a very coachable person. I think, I think his influence on the teams that he's played on ha has been a bit much. Uh, if, if he's trying to pattern himself after Mike, I don't think Michael Jordan did some of the things that, that LeBron is doing now when it comes to uh, management. Uh, he was not as vocal. Michael Jordan was not as vocal when it came to personnel decisions. And I think that's one. Of, that's part of the game that if, if – uh, he wants if LeBron wants his legacy to be a great one, he's got to back off, man. And then plus, he's he's at that age now where 
he doesn't have too many years left. So I don't know of a coach that would want to put that kind of pressure on themselves by coming into that situation. I know I wouldn't. I can well, think of one. Who? I, I can think of one coach. His name has come up in the past. His name is John Calipari. Now, you know, you know what he's done in Kentucky. He has a huge buyout at Kentucky. I think it's, I read a story a couple weeks ago. His buyout at Kentucky is $92 million. That's his buyout. Now, wow. no one's going to give him, no one's gonna buy him out with that. But I think if Cal decides to give some money back to get an opportunity to coach LeBron and the Lakers, I think Cal will take it in a heartbeat because I think he's done all he probably could do at Kentucky. He's won the championships. He sent players to the NBA. He's done all he can do. But I think he wants to get another bite at the Apple. I think he wants to get another bite at the NBA. He, he did so with New Jersey, New Jersey Nets. Uh, it didn't exactly work out. But I do think with LeBron and L.A. and the bright lights and all that other stuff, I think Cal can come in there and settle that thing down enough to where I think players will listen to him, and I think it'll be a better situation. Someone had to go in L.A. I mean, I agree it shouldn't have been Frank Vogel, but someone's going to have to go, whether it was the GM or the coach. It was the coach. I think everybody knew that was going to happen. But now where do you leave yourself? Who wants the job? You know, Brad Stevens was asked about it the other day. He said, I'm not going to L.A., and now we can have another conversation. His name came up. Wise decision. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I I think if there's one coach that's in college right now that would take that challenge and feel like he can get it done, it's Cal. Now, whether or not he wants to leave Kentucky or not, I don't know. I think he's got a really good situation. But I think he personally, he's done all he could do there. I think he wants – I think deep down if you were in his living room and he were brutally honest, as you like to say, Carlos – he wants another crack at the NBA. And I think that situation, the Lakers, nowhere to go but up. I think he feels like he can clean it up enough. Those players will listen to him. LeBron will listen to him. And I think he'll get L.A. to the next level in a couple of years, maybe a championship. That's just that's just me. But that David Fisdale and John Calipari are the two names that, uh, that come to mind for me that would be, you know, because Fisdale was at Miami when LeBron was there. He respects David Fisdale. He's on that Lakers staff right now. So I, I think those are the two names I would look at. But, you know, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But John Calipari is the one name for me because his name has come up the last two or three years when it comes to LeBron well, and, and a coach, whether it's at Cleveland, now in L.A., you hear Cal's name bantered about. And I think it, his, his name has been mentioned. Whether or not there's any serious conversations, I don't know. Well, there's some Kentucky fans that would hope we hope he would take that job because they're, <laughs> they're not happy with where, where, where uh, Kentucky's landed the last few years. So, um, but that's a big buyout. I don't think the NBA team they want they're not gonna make that kind of investment in no coach. Not if they gotta uh, be part of that ninety-two million dollar buyout. They're not doing that. He's not working. And I think, and I think the the players there, and then they got to overhaul the roster. It's old, older. Um, yeah. I think I think they would chew Calipari up and spin him out. I, yep, it, 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 it's got to be the it's got to be the right fit. And I think his his niche is in on the collegiate level. Charles, I, I almost was stunned when you said that. If you just said Coach K, I probably would have fell yeah. out of this chair. But yeah. um, it, it, it's a it's a mess, and hopefully they're going to get it straight, and they got to do it ASAP. But uh, 
We shall see. Coach Petaway, enjoy your holiday tomorrow. We appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll talk again. We'll talk again okay. uh, real soon. We'll probably wrap it up next week with, uh, well, maybe we'll go on to the NBA Finals. How about that? Okay, that'll work. That'll work. Well, All thank right. you guys, everybody. Be safe and God bless. Same Have to you, one, Coach. Coach. All right. That was Coach Van Petaway here on the Coles Brown Show. We're going to take a timeout. I'm scheduled a visit with Brandon B.J. Jones to kind of get his thoughts on all of the spring games as we go into the summer and get ready for the fall. Charles, I guess people are going to be excited. Football is going to be back. And one thing you can see right now, only a few teams have established quarterbacks coming back. Texas Southern, Jackson State, I believe University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, but then everyone is trying to uh, pencil in, uh, work their way into having a start at quarterback. So we'll talk about that next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste experience the world in one cup with earth blend coffee oh that spin class was brutal well you can try using the buick's massaging seat oh yeah that's nice 
Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Every time I open one of these bottles, I hear trumpets and big band music. The Creole seasoning is a sodium-free and sugar-free blend that's versatile enough to put on anything. One of the first blends I developed more than eight years ago, the Creole seasoning has an unmistakable aroma, a bold flavor, and a little heat for character. getting clean get Charmin ultra strong go get him it just cleans better with a diamond weave texture your family can use less while still getting clean goodbye itchy squirm hello cream bottom <laughs> <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves 
For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Say, hey, this for my people That don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching Hey, Motivation. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. the world blended and roasted to perfection giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste experience the world in one cup with earth blend coffee Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me, Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, I know, BJ, good afternoon. I know you can hear the difference, the sound, how vibrant, it's loud, it's clarity. Thank you, Melody, for truly getting the number one band in the conference, not the sign <laughs> boom of the south, on the show. Good afternoon, BJ. How you doing? <laughs> Man, doing pretty good, Carlos. How's it going? It's it's going fine. We've had to make some adjustments on uh, today's show, but hey, it's like in a football game or basketball game. You got to make adjustments sometimes on the fly. Spring games throughout the conference. Kind of get your thoughts on um, Alcorn, FAMU, Southern University, Texas Southern has had a um, a spring game. Jackson State's uh, forthcoming. So. Your former football player, collegiate football player, those spring games, do we make too much of them or we should make a lot of, about them? People make too much of them. Um, it, it's, it's hard to evaluate teams based on what you see on, in the spring games. Reason being is as a defensive or offensive player, I've seen that defense, I've seen that offense, I've seen that formation all spring. I can cheat a little bit. I know when they go trips this side and that back is right there, I know what play is cutting. I can cheat a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, with familiarity, you know, you're going against your teammates. Uh, you know, things are different. There are different scenarios. Hey, we're going uh, – this is going to be a second or a third and long. This is the defense. This is the look I want you guys to give us and so forth. So I think people put way, way uh, too much in. Now, what you can see is individual talent. Um, you can see guys, um, you, you can see the individual talent, but when you're trying to grade a unit um, and an entire team, it is it is so difficult to do uh, for spring games. With that being said, very interesting. Uh, what did you think about Southern's spring game? Coach Dewey uh, basically said, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, I think for, for Southern, I think um, – from the quarterback position, I thought we saw McCray really kind of, kind of take a step forward. Um, you saw what he was able to do. Uh, it was nice to see the different receivers on that roster, um, the talent that's there. You can see that talent on the offensive side of the football as well as the defensive side of the football. Uh, the biggest question is how does it all come together? Uh, Looks like there's going to be some opportunities on the uh, interior defensive line and defensive tackles. Uh, not a lot of depth there. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, during the summer, uh, you know, how the transfer portal looks and so forth. Um, and then and did, uh, at the quarterback position, did McCray do enough to uh, solidify himself, uh, you know, or, you know, the Southern, you know, kind of take a peek in the portal and kind of see what's out there. Um, I know for FAMU, uh, the quarterback who transferred from Vanderbilt looks solid. Um, FAMU, for, for the pieces that they lost, they seem to have replaced those. You look at the guys that uh, they're replacing, uh, whether it's Bell in the secondary, uh, the tailback position, them them losing uh, the young man, I forget his name, number one, uh, there. They seem like they've done a great job. And I think one of the spring games that people forget about is Alcorn. Alcorn looks like a physical Alcorn football team. Uh, and that was something that was missing from Alcorn last year, if we're being honest. But it looks like that's something that's that's back um, with them. It's something that, that they have. 
Uh, so I, I think that uh, there's a, a lot of young guys that names that may not be familiar now that, that are going to be household names uh, once the season starts. And I, and I think there's a lot of young talent uh, in the conference, uh, particularly at Southern, uh, FAMU, and Auburn. Well, we've talked about this on, on the show uh, earlier and then previously. You look at uh, teams that are trying to find a quarterback or quarterbacks. Um, I could only think of what Jackson State, Texas Southern, I believe University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff. Um, anybody else that, that's bringing experience back at, at quarterback are most of the teams trying to find that piece for their football team. Yeah, I think when you look across the conference, I think a lot of teams are trying to find that, that piece. I mean, outside of Jackson State, uh, Texas Southern, I think Alcorn's going to be bringing in a new guy. Southern looks like it may you know, potentially be a new guy if it's not uh, McDaniel. Grambling, bringing in new guy. Uh, Alabama State was a revolving door quarterback, so it's possibly you're going to get new guy. New guy to Al- Alabama State, Alabama and m going to get new guy. Uh, there are going to be a lot of new faces uh, under center or behind center. Uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, when we, we hit to kick this thing off in the fall. Charles, what about the the, the, the Alcorn alums and, and fans? And, and the reason I'm bringing this up, six of five last year, high expectations. And you mentioned earlier in, in the first hour with Coach McNair, he, he, he seems to be have, have a little bit of edge on him now. He's a low-key type of guy, but it seems like he has upped his, you know, enthusiasm, his personality. Is it because of it was not a typical all-corn season based on the success that they've had the last few years? I think that and just the whole thing of us not playing, you know, in the spring, I think that's still lingering out there. And for the first time in five years, we don't know who our quarterback's going to be. And I think that mm. it, those three things are part of the reason why McNair is a little bit on edge, as you can expect. I think any coach that's not on edge this time of year is not a coach to me. But I think that, you know, we're just – we've been spoiled. You know, Braves fans have been spoiled. Six straight division titles, that's not going to happen again. I don't think at any level in college football, I don't think. Um, but so I think we've just been so used to being up there. We're so used to being in that spotlight, and we weren't. So now you're not you, – you didn't have a great year. You had some bad losses towards the end of the season. Southern, Bethune-Cookman, you know, that that's sitting in the craw of a lot of Braves fans. The Jackson State game was there for the taking last year. The second half didn't didn't get that done. You know, that's gonna, not going to sit well with Braves fans. So you look at that. You look at the fact you didn't win the division title, first year in the West, and now you're looking at this year. And I know Coach McNair knows this because he's a part of it. You don't know who's going to be the quarterback just like other teams. So he feels like he needs to get some sort of edge. It's hard to determine right now. And I I agree with BJ. I do think the spring is for fans who just want to see some football. But anyone outside of maybe Alabama and a few other teams that can say, we know who our starting quarterback's going to be. And, of course, for the SWAC, you got Texas Southern. You know, you you got Bowden. You got Body. You don't know. I mean, body, you know, really looked good at Texas Southern. I think he's got a bright future there, Shadur Sanders. So I think, you know, with no quarterback, no chance. You got to have a serviceable quarterback. Southern's trying to figure that out. We're trying to figure that out. A lot of teams trying to figure that out. So I, I do think a number of things have factored into Coach McNair being a little bit on edge 
We didn't get there last year, had some tough and some bad losses towards the end and just just struggled, you know, to, to get it done. And so I think that being said, considering that we're used to being up there, that's kind of a rebuild and a rebrand. And now, we'll, you know, for the first time in five years, we don't know our quarterback's going to be. And uh, I think it does have a lot of Braves fans on edge, considering how Jackson State just, you know, propelled themselves to the SWAC championship, Deion Sanders, <laughs> Coach Sanders, in 13 months, 13 months on the job, he wins the SWAC championship. I mean, just look at the calendar when he was hired, 13 months. He won the SWAC championship, won the East, you know, went to the Celebration Bowl. You know, he, he talked to talk and they walked to walk. So now you're looking at all of that and you're looking at their recruiting class and what they've got coming back. And you got Sanders in the second year. So it's a lot of things in the bag there, you know, and so you don't want to fall further behind than where you are. So you want to get that edge to try to stay where you are and build on it. And it starts with a quarterback. So I think, you know, there's a lot of factors as to why fans are on edge in, in, in Brave Nation. That tough schedule, you know, open up with Stephen F., Tulane, McNeese, that's not going to be easy right out of the gate. So I think it's just a lot of things in the bag, but I do think Fred McNair will figure it out. And I have been a Fred McNair fan for years. I think he will figure it out. It's not going to be easy, but he will figure this thing out and get us get us back to where we probably should be. But it's not going to be easy, no doubt about that. And BJ, Charles mentioned about Jackson State, and I think the most, you know, and some may agree or disagree. I think the motivation for them, yeah, they 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 won a championship, they did it in a short time, but the way they ended last season, I think that's the motivation for Coach Sanders against South Carolina State. They got flat out taken to the woodshed. So, to me, don't you think that's the motivation for Jackson State? Uh, the way they ended the season last year in the Celebration Bowl. And then also now they're going from being uh, the hunter to to being hunted. Oh, yes, absolutely. I would probably make an argument that they were probably hunted all year last year, probably after week two, um, mm-hmm. just because of the, the, the hype. But I, I think that, but for Jackson State, I think this is going to be a, a, a telling year for them. Um, for all the talent on that football team and, and everything that that football team accomplished, they were a possession or two away from four or five losses. Uh, well, it was Alcorn, mm-hmm. Southern, Mississippi Valley. Uh, they they were they did just run roughshod over the swag. Um, and having those two weeks off and playing South Carolina State and the way that that ball game ended, um, I think that put us a lot of a sour taste in the mouths of, of Jackson State fans and that coaching staff. So I think that that, that staff and, and, and that football team has something to prove. But I think you also have uh, the other 11 teams in the conference that also have something to prove um, to Jackson State and, you know, uh, and then try to swing those one uh, possession ball games that they had late try to swing them in the other direction uh, to the throne of Jackson State. Yeah, because I, mean, I can go back to A.W. Mumford Stadium. A, a, a first down or two by McDaniels throwing to open receiver, you convert those third downs, you're able to, uh, you know, eat that clock up. Fam, you, the first game, albeit it was a defensive struggle, albeit it was the first game. So, yeah, I mean – I, I think a lot of teams want to be more competitive 
And I think you're going to see a, a very, very tough season across the board. And it's also a lot of pressure, BJ. One or two losses, you could be out of the conference race. So with that being said, who do you think has the most pressure as far as head coach and team? We just talked about Jackson. Is it Jackson State? But who else has a lot of pressure? I think it's going to be Alabama A&M also. Um, Alabama A&M may have gone – I think Akil Glass, when we go back and look at it, is probably going to be the best quarterback that we've had in this conference uh, and in quite some time. And people are going to say that Alabama A&M underachieved with him under center. The one championship that they had was a COVID-shortened season. You didn't play everyone. It was three regular season, three regular season uh, games. Uh, but during well, – we, we had full seasons. We, we didn't accomplish a lot. People are going to remember um, them getting ran out of the building by Alabama and by, by uh, Jackson State. Uh, the losses to, to Grambling uh, and, and, and Florida a and I think it's going to be uh, Alabama A&M. I think that um, with, with, with that ball club, we saw what they were able to do in the, in the portal. Alabama A&M fans are going to want it, and they're going to want it now. It's going to be like J.D. Whitmore. Mm-hmm. We want it. We want it now. We want to be able to knock off Jackson State. We want to be able to do it now. Um, and I think that a lot of, lot of Bulldog fans are expecting a championship run this year. And, and BJ and Charles, and if you look at it, it looks like they've copied the blueprint of Jackson State for us to transfer a Porter, getting a lot of Division One players coming in. So BJ, you're absolutely uh, right. A lot of lot of pressure. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff was in the spring championship game. They fell off pretty bad. Then Prairie View. A new head coach, but he was been on the staff. No one's really talking about uh, Prairie View, the defending West champions. So once again, pressure is all across across the board. And then I, I'll even throw out Mississippi Valley State. There's some pressure because look, they played everybody tough. Everybody said, "Wow, you know, they were this close." Now consistency. Can they back it up with a even better year um for me I, I i would i would say the two coaches that are under the most pressure is Dooley at southern and willie simmons at florida a&m so i'm, I'm gonna step back from that and i look at alabama a&m you know what glass did was tremendous but now you got to rebuild that thing and yes they've recruited well but i'm not expecting the same type of high energy uh octane offense this year than what we've seen in the past. I'm not expecting that. This is my opinion. I think it's going to be a rebuild on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but I think for Dooley, considering what he did at Grambling as coordinator, what he did at Prairie View, and now coming to Southern, I think there's some expectations that Southern's got to be in the mix. I think, you know, a lot of and you all know this better than me because you're all the Jaguars. I think the expectations that anything less than being in the mix going into the Bayou Classic is probably unacceptable at Southern University. That's just my opinion, just even though I'm in the West now. And I think Willie Simmons at, at FAMU. I mean, you know, I, I said this at the, this time last year, whoever lo- whoever loses that Jackson-FAMU game is 
going to be kicking themselves at the end of the year. And fam, you did, because they lost to Jackson State in, in week one with a freshman quarterback named Shadur Sanders. I think for FAMU, the expectation is that they got to win that game in Miami this year. They got to get it done. Because if not, you don't know whether or not Jackson's going to lose one. I mean, you just don't, because Shadur Sanders is going to get better. Um, I think at Valley, you got Coach Dooley. They won, uh, you, not Coach Dooley, Coach Dancy, you won three games. There was some, you know, some speculation whether or not he would survive. I think the Valley administration did the right thing by giving him more time. Because if, if, if you start over again, you go from three wins to one win. You're probably starting over again. I think Valley administration doesn't want to do that. I think the competitive games against FAMU and Jackson State kind of helped, you know, Coach Dancy, you know, solidify some confidence from the administration to give him some more time. And I thought that was the right move to make. And he was the talk of the league despite just the three wins. So I, 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 don't, I think there's some pressure for him to win more than three games, uh, which I think they can do. But I think that the coaches under the two that under the pressure the most, I think, is Coach Dooley because of his track record. And I think Willie Simmons at Florida A&M. Those are the two coaches, to me, that have the most pressure. Wait a minute, Charles. I didn't hear Coach McNair. What? Well, you have Coach McNair on there. Oh, no. no, no. Oh, no, Charles. No, 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 no. Come on. Okay, let me. All of women, all of this success. All of the success that they've had, and then the first year in the West, and then six and five, and I love him to death, but I would put him in the top three with with, with pressure. Uh, uh, BJ, you, you agree with me, or you agree with Charles? I think that I think that no. all corn fans are a little, a little antsy because the championship didn't leave the state, and you know you, you're a lot less uh, patient when it's your rival that's the big dog now. Uh, I think if Jackson State didn't win the title last year, let's say that title went to the Prairie View, I think it might be a little bit easier in Lorman. But with Jackson State, with that momentum, and it, 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 yeah, when your rival's doing well, man, everybody is on edge. I get that. I, I, I completely agree with it. And considering that he's been on the job 13 months, yes, that, yes, that didn't set well with Braves fans. I do get that. But I also think that the cachet, as, as another commentator likes to say, when you won six straight division titles and you've been there and you don't have a great year, it is disappointing. Um, I, I just don't – I think Coach McNair has opportunity to fix it, and I think he will. But I, I think – I just think we the expectation is for us to win the thing every year, and it just doesn't – the reality is it just doesn't happen for whatever reason, injuries – other stuff going on. You just don't play well. I just think it just it just happens. So we're looking at the one bad year, but at the same time, are we no one no one's talking about winning six straight division titles. Everyone's talking about the one bad year. And that's that's fandom. I get that. So I'm looking at the six division titles that we won, but I'm not necessarily looking that much in the one that we lost, considering we're gonna have a new defensive coordinator, a whole new staff on the defensive side, which we do. And for the first time, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. It's going to be some uncertainty. It just happens. Now, Shadur Sanders was the exception, not the rule. So I think that we have to look at that and just, just relax, take a deep breath, and understand that it's going to be somewhat of a rebuild. I hope we get there. But if not, yes, there's going to be some frustration, especially if Jackson wins it again. But I also understand the reality of football that, it's going to take a little bit of time. And I know when it comes to fandom and football and sports, there ain't no patience. 
but I'm willing to take the patient route. I know fans aren't, but I am. And I think, you know, I think that's just where I look at it. I put him in the top three. He, he, he He's going to be under pressure, and especially if you have another repeat season. Go ahead, BJ. I think Charles made a good point, especially with FAMU and Willie Simmons. And this is and this is the reason why Willie Simmons was so close to a Celebration Bowl title in 2018. Could have gotten the conference title in 2019, but uh, FAMU, uh, you know, they, you know, put themselves on sanctions. Last year, you had the the one point loss to Jackson State. You win that ball game, you probably you win the conference. You go to the Celebration Bowl. I think that FAMU fans are asking themselves, if not now, when? There's only so many times you're going to get close enough to knock on the door before not only are you not knocking on the door, you kick completely off the porch. And I think that FAMU fans may be getting a little antsy uh, because you've been this close since 2018 and still haven't gotten that cigar. Well, I'm not discounting FAMU. Willie Simmons, I agree with that. Pressure. I'm just saying why and why McNair was not on there because as well as you've done, much is given, much is expected. And then Charles said, do it. Hey, I agree with that. He's under pressure. No problem. The only disagreement I have is McNair should be on. Look, you really can look and say uh, quite a bit of the coaches under pressure because now the swag as far as their branding and excitement. You got two teams in the conference, new teams. That's automatic pressure from the get-go. You either do well or be in the conversation or have a chance to have a uh, a participate in the championship or, or in the equation or you get left behind. So I wonder if anybody else anybody else agrees with me. Is McNair should be in that conversation? I think it will be. Well, I, I'll say this because I talk to Braves fans often, and there's one in particular that just you know he is so distraught to this day about the season that we had. <laughs> no. Yeah, this distraught is the right word. Uh, Expectations. Yeah, because of the expect and just the fact that this this individual doesn't like Jackson State regardless of what sport. So that's that that ties into the argument as well. But, you know, the fact that the, the bad losses at the end, the Southern game, we were right there, and then Bethune Cookman had struggled, the loss there. So I, I, I get that. It was disappointing, and even Jackson State, just some, some tough losses that, that we had. But, again, I, I think that we've been on that perch so long up near the top of the mountain. Spoiled is the right word, and I think that's that's the right word. I think our fans are spoiled, and it's okay. It's okay that we're spoiled. But I do think, you know, things happen, whether teams get better below you or whether you you drop a little bit, whether you have issues and injuries. We had a ton of injuries on the defensive side of the ball that not a lot of people were talking about. Our former defensive coordinator talked about it. So many injuries, you know, going to Bethune-Cookman with very limited bodies. I mean, just it was a lot going on there. And I know fans don't want to hear that. That's just the truth. And so I think, you know, years past we didn't have that. But this year we did. And so I, I think you have to look at that and like, okay, it was not one of our better years. Now you got a new quarterback coming into the fold. You've got uh, you've got a fairly decent running stable, a running back stable coming in. 
Um, but you got a new defensive coordinator, whole new defensive staff. Those pieces still have to be worked in through the spring, through summer conditioning, and in the fall camp. And with a tough schedule awaiting you, uh, I just think it's – I think you just got to take a deep breath for a second. And I know fans don't do it, but I think in this it's case, for the first time, and I don't know how long, we got to do it because this is this is the reality of where we are. And I think if we're going to stay up there, we have to just take a deep breath on this. Yeah, I I still say it's pressure. We'll agree to disagree. And then I hadn't forgotten about Mr. Jackson at Grambling State. You don't think he's under pressure? You know, flipping players, uh, the, the fanfare coming from the well, NFL. That's going to be as, pressure on that. As a Grambling Knight, Carlos, real quick, I, I would say that there wasn't pressure. But now, all of a sudden, based on the other stuff that's happened, yes, there is pressure now. Where there were three, four months ago, there wasn't. But when the, when the way this thing unfolded with the whole Brile situation and the other stuff, there's now pressure that really didn't need to be there. And as a Grambling Knight, that's the way I'm looking at it. It didn't have to be this way. We didn't have to go down this road. But that's the road that was chosen, so now you got to deal with that. So, yes, there is pressure now where there shouldn't have been because I think considering, you know, what happened previously, I think, you know, Hugh Jackson could come in and just kind of blend in and fit in and just kind of build it. But now the pressure's on. The Bayou Classic's got to be big. All There's pressure now where there probably shouldn't have been. That's the way I'm looking at that situation. And I think that pressure well, is going to be shared, too, Carlos. I think, that, I think that pressure is on Hugh Jackson. And I think that pressure is also on one Travian Scott as well. Mmm. I throw the president in as well. I'm throwing everybody in. Yeah, it could be a trio. Yeah, but it's definitely gonna be pressure there. It's pressure there. Well, and it's also pressure to end this show. We are literally out of (laughs) time. Uh, BJ, have a great weekend, the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again real soon. Charles, appreciate you as well. Monique producing today's show. We made some adjustments. For everybody out there, have a safe holiday tomorrow, and we'll see you next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. And until next time, as always, peace and God bless.